All right, today we are going to be talking about running a race. We're going to talk about disciplining our bodies. And we're going to talk about um, gaining something as a result of that. Now, I'm wondering what maybe many of you have heard all this means. Uh, and if you're following us on YouTube or our website, feel free to uh, share your comments below. We certainly would appreciate it. Um, I've got some slides. I don't know if you may be uh, enjoying this on our website. Perhaps some of you guys are on our YouTube channel. Uh, but I realize that some of you may also be uh, listening to this on our podcast, which if so, uh, feel free to grab a Bible uh, so you can follow the verses that we're going to be covering today from 1 Corinthians. Uh, otherwise, we'll be sharing some of these on our screen. So hopefully everybody can just follow along. And without further ado, let's dive in. We're talking about... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Um, it's, in my opinion, look, this has been incorrectly taught that running the race is about works. Um, and today we're going to discover that the context, I believe, is about gospel sharing, right? It's about getting people saved. It's about using your body as a tool for Jesus. Um, and before I unpack this, let me just get a firm disclosure out there for the mean, you know, the mean religious elites that just think they're better than all of us and they've got it all dialed in and we're just not good enough or we're not, we need to be more like them. Um, because those are the people that will say, oh, so you're anti-works. Um, we're not anti-works. We've never pushed such a message. Um, I believe I've been pretty clear in all of my videos that we do believe works are an important part of the Christian life, that we've been created for good works in Christ. That includes sharing the gospel or giving money where there's need or any type of uh, outward deed, right? Good deeds. So with that fully disclosed, I think it's important that we realize there is absolutely no work of any kind that saves us, that gets us more prayers heard, uh, that activates our forgiveness, that gets us more blessing, blessings, et cetera, et cetera. A salvation, it is a gift, and the reward is the inheritance of the kingdom, right? So the, the difference, I think, in us and these people who obsess over works is they, they can take any verse, including one like what we just read, and they will assume uh, immediately that God's heart is all about us being jacked up with works, right? Do more, do more, do more, do more. Get out of your comfort zone. And when we obsess with works, we fail to miss what's, what's really at the core of the teaching. And I believe, you know, the core of God's teaching is that um, people would be saved. You know, these religious egos, egotistical uh, leaders were asking Jesus, you know, in a very condescending manner. They said, Jesus, what are the works that please God? Now, what a great time for Jesus to start listing all kinds of stuff and show them that they're not really all that great after all. But instead, Jesus says, this is the work that pleases God, that you believe in the son whom he has sent, right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So above everything else, the heart of God is that you believe. And I really think it's high time. Yes, let's get out there and do great things for God. But let's start, stop turning every single scripture into some type of performance-based, right? performance-based teams, because that's not what God is doing. Remember, the reward is the inheritance of the kingdom, and all believers will inherit the kingdom. And it's not like some of us are earning higher levels of the kingdom. Uh, this, So let's just move into this right away in the interest of time. 
we're going to move into something very interesting that Paul says about running a race and training his body. Okay, so that's 1 Corinthians. We're Right now we're looking at chapter 9, it's verse 24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only the one receives, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. What do you think Paul's talking about winning, right? Gifts and rewards. I want to mention something. <laughs> there is the word reward in the book, but there's a word that's not in the good book. And it's called rewards. You will not find it plural. We got all kinds of sermons out there about getting rewards um, and being paid back, recom recompense for all that we do. But that word rewards is being added by men. You're not going to find rewards in there, but it makes for a difficult sermon if you can't put an S on the end there, right? Now, first and foremost, I think we also need to understand in this particular chapter, you know, you got Paul, he's defending his apostleship. He's dealing with a bunch of people asking him, are you really an apostle? Are you really out there serving the Lord? And Paul is telling his personal story about all that he's done and all that he's sacrificed so that others might come to know Jesus. Paul is making clear that he indeed, well, he is an apostle. He's traveling everywhere, sharing the gospel. He's enduring hunger, attacks, and all kinds of really difficult circumstances. And when we read verse 24, we can easily build a theology that teaches we need to get out there and do more and try harder so that we might be found acceptable in the day of our Lord, or that we might get, you know, hooked up with all these rewards. Remember, rewards with an S on it. Um, and while that might sound super religious and super ominous, it's actually complete garbage teaching. Now, what we're going to do first is we're going to back up just a little bit. We're going to slide back to verse 19, because I think this will help set the stage so that we can properly interpret verse 24. It'll give us some context, right? Um, so let's move into that. It's first, uh, first Corinthians chapter nine. We're looking at verse 19. He says, I have made myself a slave to all so that I may gain more. So what do you think? Is Paul trying to gain more rewards? Is that, is that his goal to get hooked up? Now, the legalist says that gaining more is a reference to Paul getting hooked up with gifts and heavenly rewards so that they can be cast in when we get up to heaven, right? But the person who is spiritually trained, I believe, understands that what Paul is talking about is gaining more people to inherit eternal life through faith. So what's the context? The context of Paul's writing here is not outward performance. It's evangelism, right? It's sharing the gospel. It's sharing Jesus and saving people. And I think you're about to see that pretty clearly, if you can just hang with me a little bit longer. Paul's running a race to gain more souls for Jesus. So this has nothing to do with a bunch of churchy works and rewards, right? And I want to point out also that it's not a command. It's not some way of getting more favor from God. It's not some type of punishment if you don't do this. Paul, by the way, probably has one of the, the biggest challenges of anyone else. Paul went from being a the real deal Jewish man under the law, right? He was a man of the law. And now he's pushing a message 
of being saved by grace apart from works of the law. Man, you talk about an offensive message to his fellow Jews. They think he's lost his mind. Jesus was a very offensive message to Jewish people under the law. But we find something very interesting is what, what Paul is showing us here. Paul's showing us that, hey, look, they're under the law. They're jacked up on this law. And darn it, I will meet anybody, Gentile or Jew, whoever. I will meet you where you're at. And you know what? If it offends you um, that uh, I, I'm not keeping the law, then so be it. I will be, I will literally put myself under the system with you so that you won't disqualify me as a messenger. I'm going to give up my freedom in Christ while with this group so that you Jews will be open to my message, right? They simply are not going to be open to hearing what Paul has to say and his teaching if they think he is living in a moral life, that he's violating their Jewish law, which they take very, very seriously. So with that said, let's see what Paul says in verse 20. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20, says, To the Jews, now what is Paul saying? This is your context. I became a Jew. Why? So that I might gain Jews. Remember that word gain? What's he gaining? Is this rewards? No. He's gaining Jews, right? To those who are under the law. I became as one under the law. I met them where they're at. I don't care. I'm not under the law, but I want my fellow Jews to be saved. Though not being under the law myself, so that I might gain, there's that word again, gain. What's he gaining? Is this rewards? Those who are under the law, those Jewish people who don't know Jesus, right? So the apostle Paul knows that he's free from the law, but he is going to continue to use his body as a tool for sharing the gospel. And he's gonna do that even if it means following some Jewish tradition in order that he might win Jewish people for Christ. An example, um, if I could, of that for you and I, it might be something like the fact that um, I enjoy wine. I enjoy a good bourbon. I enjoy it responsibly. I am free in Christ to do that. But if I'm going to be around someone who does not drink and is offended by alcohol, I'm not going to drink in front of them. I'm free to if I want to, but I would rather meet them where they are. I would rather use my body as a tool to lead them to Jesus. And that's really all Paul is talking about here. You know, we see a similar scenario, if I can just drive it home to Paul, where Paul's around a bunch of Jewish people, and man, they will not eat meat that has been sacrificed to false gods. So what does Paul do? I mean, Paul said, and Paul knows there's no such thing as, they're fake gods. You, you can sacrifice to whatever you want. There's only one God and Paul's free to eat that meat. But what do we see Paul do? Paul doesn't use his freedom to offend them. He just abstains from the meat. Even though he knows he's perfectly free to eat that meat, there is nothing that he can gain by exercising his freedom if it's going to offend other Jewish people uh, that he would rather lead to Jesus. So, Again, what is Paul gaining here? Is it more gifts? Is it rewards? Is it blessings? And again, I believe we just illustrated the answer is no, no, and no. What he's gaining uh, from all this 
uh, is the excitement of his fellow Jews being saved and inheriting the kingdom. Some people think this is about something um, Paul is benefiting from. Paul's not jacked up on these so-called personal rewards or gifts. Um, Paul is jacked up on other people, particularly in this case, Jewish people receiving the same gift that he already has, the inheritance of the kingdom, eternal salvation, the incorruptible crown, which is eternal life. The beating of his body analogy that comes up, it's nothing more than contrasting how human athletes train themselves and their bodies for a crown, which is corruptible. And he's contrasting that with the way that he's training himself uh, in a way that leads his fellow Jews to receiving a crown that is incorruptible. Paul does not have to use his body to save other people, but it's an act of his own free will. And it, he's making a choice, right? To train his body to do what? Follow Jewish traditions. And by the way, that would be very difficult. You're not under the law. You're free from the law. You're not participating in all these uh, wild Jewish traditions. And then you go against your own conscience so that others will hear your message. Paul has to train himself to do this. And it's not easy, but it's worth it for Paul to do this so that they might what? What's the game? That they would inherit an incorruptible crown, right? An incorruptible life. And if that's what it takes to bring them to Jesus, then Paul's saying, you know what? I'm fully willing to train my body. It, it really is that simple. Sharing the gospel and doing whatever it takes to get the message heard. That's all Paul really cares about. Paul is disciplining his bottle to meet the Jews right where they are. And if that means not eating certain meats, not drinking alcohol or whatever, he's willing to give up his freedom in order that others might come to know Jesus. But let's not be careful to stop there, because if we do, we're going to start teaching people. Yeah, yeah. Paul taught us we should all be under the law. Right. That was the example. Um, that's not what he's saying. That was the example that Paul was giving while he was around Jewish people. Right. To the Jew, he became a Jew, but he didn't remain a Jew when he left. Right. Paul, if you if um, understand the context here. But when Paul is around Gentiles, he doesn't live that kind of life and nor does he teach it, right? In fact, I would say he does the exact opposite and he teaches them, friend, you are saved by grace through faith, not of your works. It is not of yourself. It is a gift, right? So now with that said, let's go to the next verse. Verse 21, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 21. He says, to those who are without the law, who's that? That's you. That's me. Right, that's all um, Christians or anyone who's not a Jewish person. What did he do there? Did he go? Did he go put himself under the law? No, he met us where we are. He says, "I became as one without the law." Right, I'm training my body. Uh, when I'm with one group, I've got to train my body to do this. When I'm when I'm in another sport in another group, I've got to train my body to do this. Right, though not being without the law of God but under the law of Christ, right? So that I might, what? Gain those who are without the law. What does he mean by gaining? What is Paul gaining? He's gaining Gentiles receiving Christ who are inheriting eternal life. 
That is the heart of Paul. And that's the context of this entire chapter built around training our bodies and disciplining and gaining. So we got two different groups of people, Gentiles and Jews, and we got two different ways of sharing the gospel, right? Now, I know some will dispute this um, because of what the last verse reads. And I want to talk about that. It starts talking about being disqualified. So we're going to look at verse 27 to, to close this down. It says 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Now, it's amazing how many people will look at one word and just build an entire theology out of it that totally conflicts with what all the scriptures teach us. This disqualification, if we read it in the right context, this has nothing to do with being disqualified by God, right? Absolutely nothing to do with being disqualified by God. He's talking about the Jewish people disqualifying him. He's saying that if he comes to these the Jewish people here and he's sharing the message of Jesus, while at the same time they're viewing him as blatantly having no respect, a total disregard for their Jewish laws. Well, to them, they're going to look at him and say he's disqualified as a messenger in their mind. They won't give you the time of the day if you're not um, examining or, or, or actively engaged in their Jewish laws. They're not going to listen to him. Consider that uh, obnoxious guy, right? The obnoxious guy, the drunk in the bar. Uh, he's sharing the gospel of Jesus, right? He may indeed actually love Jesus, but to anyone who's sitting around that drunk, hearing his message, they're not going to take him seriously. He will be disqualified in their minds. Doesn't mean he is disqualified, but again, what are you looking at? Oh, he's drunk. This, this, it, again, there's no one going to take the message of Jesus serious when you're sitting there hammered in three sheets to the wind. So Paul, again, he is willing to sacrifice his complete freedom when he's with the Jewish people. He will leave his freedom in Christ so that his fellow Jewish people will be willing to hear his message um, about the gospel and not disqualify him. All right, folks. So if you enjoyed this message, I hope you will consider um, liking, commenting and sharing below. Until next time, God bless each and every one of you. God bless.